Welcome everyone to the Sacred Hockey Mask. I am Peter and I'm joined, as always, by... Lady Shasha, Mistress of the Snar, coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. And this is a horror movie podcast. Uh, we get together, we've watched a horror movie and we talk about it. It really is that simple. And today, we're still working through some past vote winners from our Patreon, but uh, we're looking at Bad Hair, which went straight to Hulu late last year. And is a film about, well, it's about a, a, a killer weave mm-hmm. that is also a killer weave. Like, it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm trying to get fancy with the pun there, but like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's, a, it's about hair that kills people. It's it's uh, it's funny because last year, me and Tim reviewed a movie called In Fabric, which was about a, a dress mm-hmm. that killed people. It was like either haunted or cursed or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's just kind of funny that this is the, is the hair version of that. And then in the not too distant future, we'll be looking at a movie about killer jeans. That, mm-hmm. So I, I just I don't know. It's funny. There's a bit of a trend this past year and a half of killer fashionable items or accessories. I, it's a weird subgenre, but for some reason it suddenly boomed. So here we are. I should say it made a comeback because there were a few um, killer hair movies, but they were all out of Asia. There was one called The Wig, which is a Korean horror movie about a killer wig. And then there's two movies. One is called XD Hair Extensions and another one's just called Hair Extensions. And they're both Japanese movies about killer hair extensions from like maybe 15 years ago about. I shouldn't be surprised because even in movies from Japan that don't focus on the hair, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes there's an emphasis on the hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's always a, a scary scene concerning hair. I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, even in Japanese movies that don't, you know, don't focus on the hair, there's often an emphasis on the mm-hmm. hair of the ghost or the curse or, or whatever. There's a scene in this particular that reminded me of uh, John the Grudge uh, mm-hmm. on, on the ceiling. But uh, we'll get into all that. We'll start spoiler-free, as, as, we, as we always do. Uh, this is a period piece. It's set in, in 1989, which is a very good year, may I, <laughs> I add. It's the year that we got Peter. Yes, yes. It's the year that I was unleashed into this world, and it was never the same <laughs> again. But yeah, it's set in 1989, and it's focused on a character named Anna, who is a young black woman in the TV industry on a a fictional channel but it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a music channel it's not quite a, as big as an MTV I don't know if there's like an equivalent from the time period that this is kind of filling in for uh, yeah it kind of was like a stand in for a channel called BET that we have in America okay. that was yeah. yeah they played music videos and they played they were the first to play rap videos before MTV played the rap videos because I wasn't sure because um this is obviously when, I mean, obviously at the time, it felt like a lot of channels if you were used to just, you know, over the air. Mm-hmm. But obviously at the end of the 90s, there was a boom in digital TV. So there was like, you know, 50 times oh, yeah. the amount of channels. But so I wasn't sure how many other music channels there were back in the Oh, in the 80s, we only had three. We had MTV, we had BET and VH1. It was those three and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then yes. in the 90s, we got a channel called The Box where people could call in. It was like a only request channel like they only play videos that people called in and requested what's funny it was the exact same here just without BET uh, mm-hmm. but I, when obviously I'm a bit younger <laughs> mm-hmm. so there was three when I, when I when I got access and it was MTV VH1 in the box that was the three that were available and then mm-hmm. digital happened and there was like you know 20 or whatever it turned into but um, yeah so that's that's the the setting of the movie and it focuses, and you know, this is from uh, the, the, the person behind Dear White People, uh, the writer mm-hmm. and director of this. Uh, so you kind of have a sense going into it that it's going to be doing a lot of uh, social commentary, a lot of uh, ironic humor related to its themes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, uh, you know, with the hair particularly, is about the, the pressure to have straight hair, to fit in, mm-hmm. to be TV presentable in the eyes of all these TV execs and all that kind of thing. Uh, so that's kind of the, the setup and the motivation and the world that we're inhabiting in the movie. But then, of course, when our main character, Vanna, goes and gets her weave, it turns out it might be cursed or, uh, or mm-hmm. some. I'll just say or something, because we'll get to spoilers later. But, and it maybe 
kills people. <laughs> oh, a, a side note about BET. Um, one of the the main reasons why it became so popular, not aside from just playing the rap videos before rap, we played like R and B and funk and a lot of jazz music, all types of black genres. Because on MTV, when it first started, the only black artist they would play was uh, Michael Jackson, and there was a famous MTV interview with David Bowie, where David Bowie comes to the U.S. and they interview him for MTV, and he literally asked them, "Hey, how come you don't play any black musicians?" <laughs> So you get the chance to watch that David Bowie interview. It is iconic. <laughs> yeah, I uh, again, this is sort of before my time. A, a lot mm -hmm. of this stuff. Um, I like. I I remember being frustrated with the music channels when I was younger because it when it was only the three of them, there really wasn't a lot of variety. Like VH1 was old music that was basically mm -hmm. it, shtick, and then MTV and the Box were just kind of the same. I mean, all in the fact that the Box was just nothing but music videos, and MTV mm -hmm. was like drifting to reality yep. crap and whatever it does whatever it does now i don't know mtv still exists apparently i couldn't tell you much about it <laughs> i'm not hip. i don't even know if the kids like mtv anymore but yeah i don't think they watch it because like they can watch any music video on youtube youtube is pretty much eliminated yeah MTV. Need, yeah there's, there's no need for it anymore really um so but this gives you an idea of the setting that the movie's in there's a lot of bright colorful clothing uh it's got a, a very filmic look it looks like it was shot in film or at the very least they've done a good job of emulating that in post mm -hmm. i i think i remembered that from the trailer as soon as I, I saw the first couple of scenes i was like oh yeah i think i remember noticing this in the trailer that it actually had a very film look to it uh which sticks out amongst movies that go straight to vod these days most of them tend to have a very clean digital look that they mm -hmm. all have because they're all just shot in digital cameras now so that stuck out to me uh so um uh, the movie looks good. I'll say that before I get into anything else. But before we go any further, it's time to just ask the simple question. Shasha, how did you feel about Bad Hair? I thought it was good enough. I don't think it was like my one of my favorite movies. It was just, I would give it like maybe a B minus or a C plus. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Movie. whoa. We'll, we'll rate at the end. Don't, oh, don't, break, don't break the <laughs> format. I mean, admittedly, that's the wrong format, but still, mm -hmm. the, the ratings will come. I, can... I thought it was it was entertaining <laughs> enough, but I think we're it it was it's meant to be a comedy horror, and I don't think it was that funny. <laughs> I thought it could have been funnier. Yeah, you know, I this is a weird one for me because I I really liked probably the first half or so, mm -hmm. and then once it started going into more of the horror stuff, is the I think the more it fell apart for me because ultimately it became a lot of CG. I don't mm -hmm. know if the actual horror kills and things like that were actually... Because there was a lot of weird editing going on. And it, I really felt like uh, Justin uh, Simeon, who who made this, there, you know, he, he is a very good writer. He's a very good director of characters and drama and the comedy as well, right? And that's mm -hmm. that was evident on Dear White People. And I got flavors of that in the first half of this. I thought it did a really good job of just introducing us to the characters, the world they were in, their interactions... I was kind of just into the, the characters and what they were doing and what our main character, Ivana, was going through. Mm -hmm. It was once it started delving more into the actual supernatural horror stuff is the more it kind of lost me and the more I was getting kind of bored, but just, uh, you know, because the last, like, 10, 15 minutes are just, like, a lot of, like, running away from air and stuff. And it's just kind of, just kind of dull. I, I guess a bit silly and dull. To, I have to agree with you with that, especially since Justin Simeon said that he was very inspired by Japanese horror. But he didn't capture any of the eeriness of Japanese horror. No, no. I mean, he did make me hate hair a little bit in this. I was <laughs> every time I did a close up, or you heard like, the harsh sound of brushing mm -hmm. hair, or I was like, "Oh, stop it, Ugh, hair!" We did. You're freaking me out here, movie. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame because I actually was really into it for a while, and then it kind of started to. And I, I guess it makes sense that, that this is the element that the, the, the creator is unproven and was the horror. You know, like, I knew going in, he was going to do fine with the characters and the drama, but once it went into other stuff, it was kind of, it kind of fell, I don't want to say fell apart, that's a, that sounds a little bit harsh, but mm -hmm. certainly. There, there was a couple of funny beats uh, for me, but yeah, there may be a bit fewer, fewer and further between than mm -hmm. perhaps... Uh, I would have liked. I'll, I'll point out one or two of them when we get to spoilers. But, um, yeah. 
what did you think of the cast? I like the cast. I, I thought, well, the main actor, she was beautiful. For one thing, she just had this bone structure that you just can't stop looking at her. And I also like the cameos from uh, Kelly Rowland, who was playing a character that's basically a, a mixture of Janet Jackson and Karen White. Like, like her, the dance was very Janet Jackson. The hair, also the haircut, is a very Janet Jackson uh, haircut that she had. And then Usher was there as well. As the, he had such a small role. He was just like the video guy. I'm not gonna lie, I I I wouldn't have ever recognized Usher, but uh, I did mm -hmm. I did recognize Kelly Rowland. I mm -hmm. but the sad truth is, is I recognize her from Freddie V's Jason rather than her career as a musician. Oh, and that's a, that's interesting because I've <laughs> always read that she has a much bigger career in Europe than in in the United States. I mean, I'm just not or a music... more popularity. Yeah. yeah, I'm just not a big music follower. Like, mm -hmm. if it's not in my specific avenue, I probably don't like you know like. Like, I, I don't know any, like, say, Taylor Swift songs, right? Anything in the mm -hmm. mainstream pop culture or whatever. Yeah. But, um, like, the only reason why I know Kelly Rowland's name is because of Freddie Views Jason. Like, everyone mm -hmm. knows who Beyonce is because Beyonce kind of became the, the one that broke out and did her mm -hmm. own thing. But the only reason why I know Kelly Rowland is because of Freddie Views Jason. I have no idea who the third member of Destiny's Child was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they actually, they actually changed members. There's a whole controversy oh, really? about that okay. where... When the Say My Name video came out, there was two totally different girls in the video than the two girls that sang on the album and were original members of the band. And it was like a whole lawsuit because the manager of the band swapped out the girls without telling the label that he swapped out the girls. <laughs> so That's a little ironic in a song called Say My Name, to be honest. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know, life feels you the hand you get. So... Um, yeah, uh, I I think the cast are, are very, it's a very you know big cast for and obviously not all the roles are that big. Lena Waits' roles mm -hmm. was surprisingly small, I thought, given like her more recognizable name. Um, did she executive produce it? I think she. She did, I, yeah. So okay, so that, that may have been a case where it was like she was more of a producer and just gave herself a small role rather than wanting mm -hmm. to be like, a big part of it. But I still was I was expecting more of her. Um, there was a few faces I was recognizing from Dear White People, sort of sprinkled throughout mm -hmm. um in very small roles in some case like uh like the 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 cousin's boyfriend for example mm -hmm. uh was on dear white people and like it was, it was that thing where the first shot i didn't quite right it wasn't until i spoke that i went oh wait a minute that's uh that's the nerdy dude from dear white people and so there was a few few actors that that sprinkled through um i, th I think her auntie i i recognized from picard she was in season one of that just last year or so a lot of faces. There was a lot of faces popping up here or there that were that were sticking out. Um, but no, I I think if there's one thing I won't fall on this, it is the cast and it is the the direction. At least in terms of the the non horror stuff, like when it's just characters and the way it handles like the the nervous tension and unease and social awkwardness that Anna's going through, or like oh god someone's going to say something and point this out or someone's going to be awful and you know like the, the influences around her when she's like auditioning at the start for some other tv network uh and they've basically just sort of decided they're not giving her the part the second she's walked in uh mm -hmm. you know it, it just little moments like that where those are all really well handled and it makes sense because this is all the sort of stuff it's, it's poking at these uh these racially charged mo you know situations that Dear White People, of course, was entirely mm -hmm. about and was all about sort of deconstructing all that. And this movie, when it's doing that, is very good. Yeah, especially in the United States. That scene um, when she's walking through the hallway from that interview and she sees all those girls lined up, which are pretty much different variations on the same type. Yeah, they're all and they're all like her. They're all they're all black women with the the hair, the similar hair. Like they're all, they're all. But the thing is, they're not like her in that. Um, the, there's a subtext about colorism in American movies. A lot of times producers, older producers, like people that, you know, they came, they're in their 60s and 70s and they're set in their ways. They want more of the Zendaya type than the Kelly Rowland type. And that's mm. like strictly a colorism thing. And they call it having a more international look. And like, <laughs> like you just said, you saw, you didn't see the difference in those women. So they're making different, they're making up differences that, Sometimes people outside the U.S. don't even see the difference. They see 
you know, pretty black woman is a pretty black woman, but in the U.S., they only want, sometimes they only want a certain type of pretty black woman. She has to have a certain hair texture and skin tone. And it did that also with white women. There was a time period through the 80s where blonde was just it. And if you had dark hair, you, you, it's harder for you to get on. And if you had red hair, you just weren't getting on unless you were a comedian. <laughs> Gingers are only allowed to be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, which is actually really funny because the whole redhead thing's kind of a it's kind of a thing now. Like people yeah. oh, love, love the redheads like, now. Uh, now you have people dyeing their hair red. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I, I didn't really even consider uh the, 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 the different skin tones when she was walking. I, I, I saw that as more of a sort of like sad irony where she was walking past all these other women knowing that they mm-hmm. weren't they didn't stand a chance, right? That's kinda of how I read that moment. Uh, mm-hmm. The subject, though, did come up more overtly later uh, when mm-hmm. uh, Vanessa Williams' character, who's now the new manager uh, mm-hmm. of the of the TV studio, TV station, um, you know, there's a couple of lines of dialogue that sort of made that clear. And I think one of the interesting things about watching movies and shows like this, being a little bit separate from that culture and being away from the US and not necessarily mm-hmm. knowing all this stuff just by hand, is that is how it gets some of it across and how the context kind of reveals these things as I'm watching it. And it's kind of, there's a sort of educational side that kind of sprinkles out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's interesting because you're right, because that, that came before the subject was brought up more directly later in the movie. So uh, that's that's an interesting different read on that. And I assume there's probably a few different, because even at the start, because it opens with a flashback when Anna's mm-hmm. a kid. So it's like, I don't know, 70s probably. Uh, and I thought I thought they were using hair dye at first, uh, because she's got like stuff in her hair. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what it was called, but it was clearly it, something. It was, yeah, oh, you'll know. It, yeah, there you go. It was a re- it was a relaxer. It's a a product that's used to chemically straighten your hair, and if you don't do it right, you can get chemical burns. You can have your hair fall out, like like what happened to her. Her sister, who was also a child, <laughs> yeah. trying to do this, uh, didn't do it properly because you really should have that done in a salon if you're going to do it i don't suggest people do it because it is very they've proven that the toxins actually seep into your brain so it's not oh, it's, it's not healthy to do but you know some people still do it yeah that's obviously traumatizing this is kind of her fear of having her hair mm-hmm. touched for the rest of her life um so it's all very and all the close-ups make it really nasty and like mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has a very it's a, a very strong smell like a very acidic smell too oh i'll but as as someone who hates the smell of uh, like nail varnish and nail varnish remover, like mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine what this stuff because it's all over your hair is going to smell like. Um, and I could directly relate to that scene because I had that same thing done to my hair when I was ten years old, and the same thing happened. My hair literally started coming off down into the sink, like it fell right out, and my mother just had to cut it down short to like a boy's haircut, and it just grew back. And of course, now I have a lot of hair, but <laughs> yeah. don't put chemicals in kids' hair. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not a good idea. I, I yeah, that that was again. That was just kind of that interesting scene where I, I like I didn't immediately get the context, and I think their cousins not sisters because I thought they were sisters at first as well mm-hmm. until yeah. later when she kept referring to her parents as her auntie and uncle. So I think they were mm-hmm. they cousins, were cousins. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they ever got to explained exactly, like because we never see her parents. Or, yeah, I don't think or, they do say what yeah. happened to her parents. So I'm, I'm not sure, but you know, clearly, uh, um, it seems like she might even have just lived with them permanently, and it wasn't just mm-hmm. like a visit. So, mm-hmm. um, which you know maybe gives a bit more motivation. Like you know, she's got this dream of you know being important, being on camera, having a voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's her dream, and that's kind of like why she's working at this business and why why she wants to do this. And of course, the constant challenge of you're not being accepted for who you are. You're being told mm-hmm. you need to change your hair. Even Vanessa Williams, who's a new boss, is like, "Hey, you're never gonna get very far with, with that hair. You're gonna have to go go get a, a weave." And she recommends the place, which is where she goes, and that's where the movie kind of you know sprawls from there. Um, yeah, it's it's a very. I think the sad part about the horror stuff not working is that I actually really like the build to it because it has a really unique kind of tone because of. I think partly because of the time period, because of the setting, because of the way it's mixing the the real sort of social issues and social horror, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. with actual horror is very interesting because you have all this idea of like her giving in 
uh, is kind of giving into this monster and she's adding to the monster that's ever growing because the more people who give in to the idea that this is the image that you have to have uh, is the more it kind of perpetuates that that is the image that is what's going to lead to success kind of thing. Uh, so that stuff is, re- re- you know, it's like the actual metaphor and that side of it is quite smart. It's just not that good as a horror movie to watch once the horror stuff actually gets going. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a shame. Uh, I think the trailer, when I saw it, gave me the vibe that the horror scenes were going to be treated more comedically, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if I got that from the movie. I felt like the tone was a little bit hard to yeah. gauge once it actually got to the the, the hairs killing people stuff. Uh, so, you know, I, I, that's a bit of a shame. But it, it, I certainly wouldn't say don't watch it though. I think there's enough interesting elements and enough. Uh, just just strong character writing that it is worth watching mm-hmm. but i i would say keep your expectations just a little I, bit reserved i did not make a note of what it was rated but it felt like pg or pg-13 uh they were dropping a lot of f-bombs so i think it would oh, have okay. been i, I think mm-hmm. it would have been all right it says it's saying 15 for me but that's because that's the uk rating hold on let me mm-hmm. let me does it tell me uh it's unrated which makes sense because it never get released in theaters yeah so. so if it didn't get released in theaters it probably is a tv tv 14 here i know it's, it's listed as unrated it, like oh. they, don't, they don't have to rate things that go on streaming mm. services so some of them still do it because they want to play nice with the mpaa but they mm-hmm. don't have to whereas in the uk it's actually illegal to release anything anywhere without a written mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, so we still get unrated cuts but they're just not called mm-hmm. that because the name doesn't make sense because they are rated. They're submitted separately as a director's cut or an extended cut or whatever. But yeah, I remember the UK had the video nasties list. I'm still making my way through that. <laughs> oh, geez, that's <laughs> yeah. a whole other. That Joe, you know the sad part of the video nasties is that it became this list of like you know horror fans. Oh, we have to see all the video nasties. Mm-hmm. The sad truth is, is that other than Evil Dead and like maybe two or three other movies. Most of them suck. <laughs> Most of them are <laughs> terrible movies that didn't deserve to be banned per se. But mm-hmm. definitely didn't. But because they're on that list, they've got this mystique, this aura around them. Oh, they were banned for years, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of them still are. Actually, I think there's a couple oh, of really. Wow. Ex- I think there's a couple of like really extreme ones. Because as this is a funny thing, censorship was really bad in the eighties in the UK. But over mm-hmm. by the time you get to the mid two thousands, like it had completely loosened up, and it's actually there's movies that are R rated in the US now that get a twelve here, mm-hmm. and it's like. Oh, clearly this is flipped, and now the UK is the lenient one and doesn't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's very rare now you even get an eighteen because we have twelves, fifteens, and eighteens as kind of the, mm-hmm. the the main kind of you know above PG mm-hmm. levels. Uh, and I feel like only the most extreme things get eighteens now. Like most R rated movies are fifteens here. So, uh, anyway, that's that's a tangent. That's not necessarily related to this movie per se well yeah it's true because um poltergeist was a pg or possibly pg-13 i think it might have been the movie that created the pg-13 label because before uh 82 it was either p g pg r or x and so pg-13 might have been created because of poltergeist whereas um the conjuring is rated r yeah even though it's, uh, it's like i don't think it was created for poltergeist I, and the reason why i'm because i'm pretty sure it was temple of doom i'm pretty oh, it might have sure- been I, I knew it was, it was a movie from the 80s. Yeah, and Spielberg related as well. So, mm-hmm. I, But I think I think it was Temple of Doom. Because that movie is darker than the first one, and I think that they had to, like, hey, like, this, like we don't want to be our raid, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously it's too extreme for a PG. Can we have something in the middle? I, w- mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I don't want to, like, I, just, I have a vague recollection that it was Temple of Doom. But yeah, maybe it was mm-hmm. Paul Grace. I can't remember. Oh, uh, they'll let us know in the comments. Oh, I'm sure they will. This audience is smart. Yeah, uh, they'll... they'll I mean, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that, but they, they, <laughs> if there's one thing I know about YouTube comments, they love to correct <laughs> when, mm. <laughs> when, when something wrong is said. Yes. Uh, I have faith in that. So, yeah. I guess we can go to spoilers, I suppose. I, I, I don't know if there's much more I would like to say. I, I will say I like how the movie looks. I, I think the look drew me in immediately performances writing and directing are all good and that sounds like a recipe for a great movie unfortunately mm-hmm. like i say it's, it's the actual horror stuff that kind of and there's some plot i don't want to say twists but there's some plot directions in the back half that i thought kind of 
diluted what the movie was a little bit for me in terms of the the core premise, which is a shame. Uh, yeah. Also, shout out a uh, random small role for uh, uh, Vanderbeek, yeah, uh, Dawson. Yeah, James Vanderbeek. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he just out of nowhere, he's he's there like in the first ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, hello, okay. I guess I you're remember in this. I was watching. I was like, is that Dawson? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. I wasn't expecting you in this, but fair enough. Um, so there we go. Uh, all right, so I'll give a spoiler warning. Full spoilers for bad hair from this point on. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna kind of talk about start. There's flashback. Uh, there's the um, you know, the interview, and then of course we find out that their current like uh studio head, their TV network head, is leaving. She is uh retiring from the role. And she's going to go and start her own thing elsewhere. Although it quickly becomes apparent that this is more, she's being she kind of refused to stay there because they wanted to make it more mass market friendly, and she feels like it's moving away from like the the core ideas of what this cult that's it's called culture, the channel, uh, mm-hmm. of what that was supposed to be. Uh, you know, now they want a broad audience. Which uh, there's, there's there's a great line later from one of the characters where, uh, she's supposed to say wider audience, but she says whiter audience. And then mm-hmm. corrects herself, and it's just kind of like, okay, like they they want this to appeal to everyone now, and it's kind of losing its identity a little bit. Uh, and it kind of this idea where this woman, I think her name is Edna, who's leaving, says, "Look, I'm going to go and start a new thing. There might be jo- jobs for everyone once I've got that set up." And mm-hmm. it's all kind of about how they're all seduced into following this new plan and this new direction away from her. So by the time that Edna does call and say, hey, I've got a new thing set up, you know, come and work for me, uh, they're all too invested in this new, you know, in Vanessa Williams' new take on this this TV network. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Anna's the, one of the first ones to fall, uh, but it's when she's promised of, like, being able to produce maybe her own TV show, which she's, because she's up until she's been an assistant. She's not actually had, like, an important role, even though she's been there for years, to the point mm-hmm. where her family all kind of, like, make fun of her and look down on her a bit for like dreaming for something that she's never going to get like we all have real jobs even though even even though her uncle is like like a, a creepy myth expert which by most mm-hmm. people's standards most people would look at that and go I mean, and don't get me wrong he's like a professor who like studies it properly and stuff but it's just kind of funny to me that a character who spends time talking about you know ghosts and and legends mm-hmm. and myths is looking down at someone who's got an actual job at a TV studio because they might yeah. actually rise up the ranks <laughs> and get like their own TV show at some point. I'm like, I don't know. That seems fairly plausible. She's already working there. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but it he... kind of reminded me of, of how people look at YouTube. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they really think we're do- we're not working. <laughs> it's work. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to tell me that twice, Jesus. <laughs> uh, people have this look in their face, like. Uh, yeah, but that. What do you do though? <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, he has a really intense scene actually, where because she, you know, kind of like, oh, why are we all talking about all this this, this ghost nonsense? Because you know, I, I think uh, the you know, the cousin's boyfriend sort of looking at the book that he's been handed at dinner, and he's kind of like looking at the the myths, and because she has one line where she kind of says, ah, you know, this is kind of silly. Uh, her uncle gets like so serious and has this really intense scene where he's talking about uh, how important all these myths are and get into all this stuff. And I'm like, "All right, give her a break." <laughs> she, she she has had one small line, right? She 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 she's felt ignored, and no one's taking her job seriously. No one's take, taking her seriously. She's she's you know it just it just it stuck out to me. Now to be fair, he apologizes like two scenes later. He's nice about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does give you this, because the whole, the whole image is painting this very lonely existence that she kind of has, where she has friends at work, but she she does feel very kind of alone. She does feel, she's got this tiny apartment that she can barely afford. Um, in fact, we find out that our, uh, our landlord's extorting her later on, but, mm-hmm. uh, she, but she can't make her rent. There's all this stuff going on. Um, and all of it's kind of pointing to the desperation, the idea that she's eventually going to give in and go and get this hair weave done because everything in the world is telling her that she has to change. Everything's telling her that she's stuck in this rut and she gives in and goes and does it. Um, and that's obviously where the movie turns this this point because that's where the, 
the creepy. But I do like though that for a long time it's a quite a while because it's not until the landlord tries to rape her, which yes, that's a really dark sense to just throw out there like mm -hmm. that. But uh, it's not until then, and it sort of acts in self defense for yourself. Like, maybe, well, maybe it's not evil here. Maybe it's just the protecting her. Like you, know, you, you could mm -hmm. have argued that. But up until that point, it's all just like little things. It's all just like her. In fact, one of the moments that made me laugh is when she gets her she gets her weave done. And her head kind of hurts, like she's told that her head's going to hurt for a little while. That's normal, the first time you have this done. She goes into work the next day, and like we see an example, and this is good filmmaking, where earlier on in the film we see her walk into the lobby, and everyone kind of gives her different looks, or ignores her, or bumps into her, and makes little comments, and things like that. But this time she walks in, and like people are smelling at her, they're treating her so differently. Mm -hmm. um, but the moment that made me laugh in this scene is the receptionist in the lobby kind of like looks at her like sort of flicks her hair back and and winks at her and it's this it's overly cheesy and then in return anna tries to flick her hair back but when she does it she goes ow and it hurts her <laughs> to flick her mm -hmm. hair back that made me laugh oh that was a really funny little moment um i think but... one of the most effective scenes was when she was getting the hair weave done because mm -hmm. i don't know if you've ever experienced having your hair braided too tight it really tr and truly does hurt. I remember. I, mean, I don't know if you're you're looking at my head right now. <laughs> well, hey, I don't know. Some sometimes guys go through that phase where they want cornrows, and that's including I've seen white guys with with cornrows. I mean, so... <laughs> I have seen it. Like, I mean, admittedly, in Scotland, it was just that one kid. It was that one mm -hmm. kid in school who who <laughs> took a notion over the summer to do something a little different. <laughs> you're mm -hmm. like, okay, all right. <laughs> But I've I've had that done before. Not a full. I never had a full head weave, but I've had track put in the back where they'll braid like the back of your head two braids, and then mm. they sew the the weave hair onto the braid. And it was so tight. I had I literally had to take Advil when I got home. Oh geez. It, yeah. It it can be very painful. It's it shouldn't be. I'm I'm told now that when that that's not the proper way to do it, and that it should not be that painful. But some people, you know. Pick your hairstylist. Like, there's good and bad barbers, good and bad hairstylists. Yeah, damn. I mean, typically, I mean, as much as this movie makes it seem like the most excruciating thing ever, I actually really like someone, like, playing with my hair. It's actually a really mm -hmm. pleasant experience, typically. Uh, obviously, I imagine it being pulled tight is obviously a very different story, but mm -hmm. it's just funny that this movie makes, like, any time anyone touches her hair, she's like, ugh, and she's, like, like almost mm -hmm. crying. She can't handle it. She's got, like, a phobia of having a hair touched uh, because of that experience as a kid. So, uh, that's the thing. Also, do you notice in the hair we've seen, the like I said, that the hair is supposed to be sewn to the braid. In that scene, you can see the needle going through her scalp. Yes. It's not supposed to go through your scalp. That's why it was even more horrific. Like, you're not supposed to sew it to your skin. Yeah, that, that did strike me as a bit odd. That felt a bit like yeah. a, a standards and practices lawsuit waiting to, <laughs> waiting mm -hmm. to happen. <laughs> So it's funny actually when we were reviewing Arrow once upon a time, uh, character on that Mister Terrific, uh, he like whenever he showed up in costume, whenever he had like his superhero outfit on, he always had his hair like sort of braided uh, and sort of not quite. I mean, I guess it was cornrows. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and look at his head again. But mm -hmm. uh, but no, typically when he was walking around, he had more of a sort of like sort of like afro kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a scene in that show where it was like, okay, we have to gear up, like, this thing's going down in, like, 30 minutes, and it cut to them at the scene before, you know, 30 minutes later, and his entire head, as per usual, was in these, like, cornrows or whatever, and we were like, is this feasible that he did this to his hair and then got across town in 30 minutes? And we actually Googled, <laughs> how long does it take to do this to your hair? And I was yeah. like, this feels like at least a few hours of work. <laughs> <laughs> sure mm -hmm. enough uh it just it really stuck out i was like this is this is ridiculous because <laughs> he got super speed he doesn't for the record mm -hmm. <laughs> i know we're talking about superheroes but mr terrific does not he, he does have fancy tech spears though maybe, maybe uh, spears spheres he has fancy tech spheres maybe he's got some spheres that use some lasers or something to, to braid his hair that's what he focused on it's just like okay you have to stop bad guys have to like hold up like things like bridges in case school buses fall into the ocean and also super fast hair braiding i've always thought about that with <laughs> batman because when he puts on his helmet mm. around his eyes has to have black makeup yeah <laughs> so yeah. i'm always like they never show batman putting the black makeup around his eyes <laughs> they don't <laughs> just 
Although, it's just magically there. <laughs> credit, because the trailer for the new one showed, for the first time ever, there's shots of Pattinson in the new trailer for the new one, mm-hmm. uh, where he's got the cowl off, but he's still got the eye makeup around his eyes. Oh. And it, you never see, like, like, it magically disappears. In every other Batman movie we've ever mm-hmm. had, it always magically disappears whenever he's got the cowl off. But even though he's clearly wearing some black makeup around his eyes to, mm-hmm. you know, make his eyes just sink into the mask. But whatever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, no, the scene's super... Ugh. The whole thing's mm-hmm. very... Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, actually, because I, you know, I had to watch this and another movie we're recording today as well. And I wanted to have some popcorn. Um, and I, I thought to myself, I actually watched this one second because I figured that this one was more likely to make me not want to eat. Because <laughs> I just suspected mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of hair stuff that was probably going to be disgusting. So I think I made the right choice. I just mm-hmm. want to make that clear. Uh, it wasn't constant, but I made the right choice anyway. So, there you go. Uh, so some other character stuff uh, we should mention is that Anna has been seeing one of the presenters, like the main guy mm-hmm. presenter, who who has actually been working there less than she has, and he started off as a receptionist, but has risen through the ranks very quickly. Um, but he effectively dumps her the first time she tries to talk to him in the movie, because uh, he's seen someone else, which later on turns out to be the new boss. Uh, uh, and the new boss is very casual about the whole thing, and just is happy to just, yes, yes, we're, we're having an affair, yes. Uh, leave mm-hmm. me alone. Get out of my office. Um, and this leads to some stuff later. So... Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff in the middle of the movie is, like, her being promised to do this show, she's working on it, but she's having these moments with her hair where she's, like, having, like, nightmares, or she's mm-hmm. seeing, like, creepy stuff in the reflection, stuff like that. Um, you're kind of waiting for her to be screwed over because she's, she believes she's getting her show, she's all happy and naive about it, and you're kind of waiting for the other show to drop, and eventually Vanessa Williams' character is the one who's going to host it, even though it was going to be, uh, it was going to be Anna. Uh, mm-hmm. it's also going to produce it so it's not a complete backstabbing but it's you know it's just, it's in there it's just in the, the sketchy territory but where the plot goes later on we'll come back to some of the other deaths that happen throughout the movie because the hair kind of like just reacts to various people but where the movie goes for the third act is that it reveals later on in the film that Vanessa Williams' boss character because she got a weave at the same place also has the bad hair mm-hmm. and we get a hair vs hair fight, but it turns out that she's like stronger. She's been feeding on more people because the hair's feeding. You see, so as supposed to get into the legend of the of the hair, uh, it's basically like old witches' hair, but it comes from like a mm-hmm. Native American uh, folklore where it's like natural hair that grows in the the forest and or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I was trying to follow this the best I could. It was a little bit out there <laughs> as far as concepts go. Well it well it seemed like it was like natural Native American hair that grows in a forest on a plantation. So I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, th- there was definitely a part of it which was, yeah, the like the, the white people who had like stole the land and were now had plantations were mm-hmm. claimed it as their own, like this is ours to use. And that's like there's like a sort of scene at the end that shows that uh, Dawson <laughs> Dustin Leary, yeah. is actually like basically harvesting this and selling mm-hmm. it for here. Hero- now, whether or not he knows that he's spreading evil around the world, I- I'm not even sure. I, I mean, he's still it's still pretty nasty and disgusting, and mm-hmm. you know the metaphor is still there for still the exploitation. But uh, yeah, so like that that big concept at the end is one of the things that made me go. Uh, this is a bit much. Especially when you see, like, a visual of all this hair coming out of the roots of this tree, and it's, like, wrapped around the woods and all the, the branches and stuff. And they could have just taken from real life, because the majority of weave hair comes from Asia. And on some accounts, there's some weave hair that comes from India, where there's a, um, I forget the particular religious sect, but there's a religious sect that the women shave their heads at the temples. And so that hair gets sold mm. and turned into weave hair. But there's also another part of it where women are selling their hair because they're in such extreme poverty that they have no choice. And that's usually like in Vietnam, Cambodia, like Southeast Asia. So they could have went into why they could have totally done a story about the hair having residual pain from how it was acquired. 
and they could have linked it to where it actually comes from in Southeast Asia and and, and in Asia, South Asia. That that definitely and makes instead more of s- making up this other story. That definitely makes more sense. Uh, I, I I like I can see why the movie didn't want to do that because they want to have this. Uh, they, they wanted to link it into the exploitation mm-hmm. of the country and the people. Uh, you know, both black people and Native Americans, they wanted to link thematically into that, mm-hmm. which is why we have this in the movie, which is how it connects to all that. Yeah, it, it would probably make more sense. Although, to be honest, like the the appeal of like getting other hair put in your head sounds awful to me anyway. But hearing you mm-hmm. describe some of the people that are like doing it because they're like they need the money, so they're shaving their heads mm-hmm. because they have to. I was like, I can't like. I'd be so freaked out, like thinking about where the hair came from. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a short video, it was maybe six or seven minutes long on YouTube about this woman in Vietnam that she literally sold her hair so she could feed her children. Like that's that's a bit. Expl- and oh, also there was a time period in South America where women were getting their hair stolen. Like they would go to the movies and just feel somebody cutting their their ponytail off and running run off with it, like. <laughs> Like, that's awful. I'm not going to lie, though. It does sound like a really silly crime, and it's making me kind of giggle a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm just... Well, these, these weaves, they can cost, like, the hair can cost $600. The, like, the... if you have uh, beyond 12 inches of hair, those can easily give bring three to $600 on whatever market. Yeah, I, I would just have... Like, I mean, I think it's weird sewing someone else's hair to your hair anyway, but... I, I would feel really guilty thinking about where the hair might have came from. So, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, not not uh, not something that uh, I like. And there's definitely characters in this movie who kind of have that opinion as well. But the mm-hmm. uh, the ultimately given uh, is is a sad part. And it's kind of like you know because her one friend who is the most adamant against it for most of the movie eventually gives in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even then it turns out she also has bad hair. Mm-hmm. And it kind of almost becomes like a body snatchers thing where all of this witch hair is like taking over people. And the more it feeds on blood, it eventually these ancient witch spirits will be able to take over the body. And that's what's kind of happening as the movie goes on. Um, so we get to this point in you know, the last 10 15 minutes of the movie where she's running around the building from her boss, who's now just an evil witch woman with magic long hair that's like super long. And like she's doing the, the grudge thing where she's up in the ceiling and the hair's everywhere. And like then the other people who have been infected with the bad hair are also coming after her. It almost turns into a hair zombie movie or something like mm-hmm. that at the last 10-15 minutes. And then the solution to it ultimately turns out to be to just get the hair wet because you can't get a hair weave wet. And mm-hmm. I, it never really made sense to me why this would also destroy... Because, okay, I get that, that that damages and would ruin actual hair weave, but this is supernatural hair. So mm-hmm. why does the water? Dest- I mean, I guess water destroying witches is kind of a a classic trope, I suppose. But yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. That I, I yeah. connected it to the Wicked Witch of the West and how she was defeated by water. Yeah, I I, I guess this is part of the tone being kind of up and down. Like, see if the tone mm-hmm. that was that was as comedic as it felt like it probably should have been during the the, the hair horror mm-hmm. scenes. I think the solution being just get it wet would have been kind of cute and kind of funny. As it was, though, when it got to that point, I was like, oh, is this easy? <laughs> Just get the sprinklers going? Mm-hmm. Which, by by the way, I don't I can't remember where I heard this, but sprinkler systems in buildings, uh, like, when a sprinkler sensor, like, detects something, like a, you know, fire or whatever, mm-hmm. it only sets off the sprinkler that detects it. It doesn't set off them all. That's like a movie mm-hmm. myth. Uh, so oh, I, I didn't know that. So every single scene in the movie where one sprinkler, like, you know, gets a flame, and then like every sprinkler turns on. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> that's like the that's like the air vent crawling. Like in movies, they yeah, have people yeah. crawl through air vents, but they're only meant to carry air. So when you put a human body in it, they'll fall right open because they're not designed to have the weight of a human in them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. I don't really roll with it because it's a movie, and I'm, I'm not really complaining that much. But it just it stuck out to me in this case in particular because normally it's not like a big plot point. Like sometimes it'll be for like a dramatic visual because they want all the water on to have the big indie movie moment where someone's in the in the sprinklers and they're cleansing themselves mm-hmm. or something stupid like that, and it's whatever. Uh, but this was like how she defeats the the boss who's on the other side because she's in like a sound booth and like the the, the mm-hmm. evil boss ladies on the other side of the glass and the, but the water kills all. Anyway, uh, so that's kind of how the the story wraps up and then she she cuts her hair while it's all wet and then that seemingly 
fixes the issue. And she moves back in with her auntie and uncle and accepts that she should be who she is. But there's kind of like a little twist. Well, not a twist, but like a moment at the end where her cousin's like, you know what? I'm sick of using that stuff to straighten my hair. I'm going to just go and get a weave like you did. And she's like, mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun. Um, <laughs> now that we're done, because I've skipped over all of the uh, the actual murder scenes with the hair. Because uh, some of them are, you know, worth mentioning, worth talking about. Uh, we mentioned the landlord, which actually mm-hmm. my second big laugh of the, the movie was how she disposes of his body uh, after the hair kills him. Uh, t- luckily, her window <laughs> in her apartment is right above where the dumpster is in the alleyway. So she just mm-hmm. tosses him out the window <laughs> and he lands in the dumpster. This was a good. Oh wow, this was a good visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I got a, a kick out of it. Uh, we also have the ex boyfriend, which uh, happens whilst they're having sex, uh, because he has a fight with the boss lady and then comes crawling back to her, and she's, I don't know, she's that you know lacking in self respect and she's just feeling lonely enough uh, that she she sort of goes back to his place. Uh, things are getting weird. Joe, they never quite mentioned. They tease something early on, like because he, he, he threatens to leak out to the the like you know the office something that she likes, you know something that she'd be embarrassed by in sex, and it never actually says what it is. Like we see that he's got a drawer full of kinky sex toys, but she mm-hmm. only takes out the blindfold. But that's less for her and more for him. So I I don't think it ever quite answered what her weird kink was. Yeah, it didn't, and it's not a big deal. But movie, if you're going to tease me with a, a question like that, answer it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know what was it. What, what, what weird thing does she like? Because because he specifically says, uh, you know, uh, you know, the the thing you that that little thing I did for you that you like or whatever. It's something, it's something like that. Uh, so I don't know. Theorize in the I, comments, people. <laughs> I very much like that they set this in 1989. <laughs> Sure. Because I've really got a kick out of the outfits, uh, the music. They nailed that 1989, like, New Jack Swing style music. And the only thing that they they kind of didn't get quite right was the dancing. It's like you could tell these were these were younger people. I mean, obviously, the people are supposed to be in their 20s. And the people that had dancing, in their, but people who are currently in their 20s are either uh, older Gen Z or younger millennials. And they wouldn't dance the same way as adults in the 80s so you can tell they try to teach them how to dance that way but it didn't come out quite right it'll be like me trying to dance like a 1970s person on soul train like i can kind of mimic it but i don't think i'll yeah. be able to nail it i mean i, I can't dance at all really <laughs> never mind mimicking <laughs> eras gone by but now, now you're right i mean I, as previously mentioned this was the year that i was released into the world mm-hmm. uh so naturally all the people in this movie are either you know, younger than me or about my age mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, a couple of key characters notwithstanding. I'm pretty sure Dawson is a, a fair bit older. Oh, but... I'm sure he's got to be at least 40 now. Oh, yeah, he's in his mid-40s by now, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, he may even be pushing 50 at this point, to be honest. Uh, mm. Dawson's Creek was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been some time. Um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, her hair kind of grows and kills the the boyfriend although she actually stabs him uh she kind of like the hair doesn't itself doesn't actually finish the job uh she kind of like gets tra- ent- entranced like her eyes change a mm-hmm. different color and she stabs him and it's like it's a it's an okay moment that was kind of the last one that was interesting from a death perspective though like everything after that point it kind of felt like oh the big cg hair like, grabs him from behind or you know when lena waith gets grabbed it's like the hair like you know comes and grabs her face Mm-hmm. And this is sort of towards the end when they're all sort of in the office building, kind of sneaking around. I kind of uh, like that scene, but mostly because of how Lena Waithe played it. Like she, she, her personality brought something to that scene. Yeah, she's definitely got the. I, I won't quite say meh, but she does drop some horror movie references. She she does kind of like, be, sort of comment in a like a critical way about the the things that are going on. She's got that kind of meta sense of humor, um, which. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense to have a character like that. I, I, I almost mm-hmm. felt, like I say, I almost felt weird how little of her we actually saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when she was, like, dropping Friday the 13th references and saying, you know, I've seen enough Jason movies to, to know to get the hell out of here or stay away from whatever, um, it kind of felt like, you know what, if this was consistent throughout the movie, this would be fine. But it feels like because there's been so little of her, it almost feels weird having this, like, referential humour suddenly 
thrust upon us kind of thing. Um, so again, some some tone consistency there might have been might have been nice. Uh, but you know, I yeah, I think because I think the problem for me is once it gets to like all the kills after the first couple, is that it tends to be long CG hair, grab someone or just sort of digs into someone. And there's a couple of, like, there's some nice little teasy moments with the hair early on where it's like, it'll just prick her finger. Or it'll, like, go into her foot a little bit. Or just mm-hmm. these little disgusting, little detail-y things that, and that stuff was way creepier because it was really specific and it was, like, a practical thing and whatever. But once it's just, you know, like, it doesn't even matter that it's hair at a certain point. It could be just, you know, fog or black smoke or anything. It could be any CG effect. That reminded me, there was one gross-out scene. We're in a spoiler section, right? Yeah, yeah, we're spoilers, yeah. The scene where the hair, you know, the hair fiends for blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm. there's a time period during the month when she started bleeding and the hair ate that blood. And I was like, okay, now that's some Japanese stuff, right? There. That's some stuff that would happen in a Japanese horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you phrased that, the time period of the month yes. <laughs> um no yeah no i you know what i'm glad you brought that up because i i think i'd forgotten about it uh despite the fact that it was probably the one of the most memorable funny scenes in the movie because mm-hmm. it is just outrageously silly that like she's she's got a cramp and then her hair just kind of grows and goes into her her pants mm-hmm. and she's just kind of like what the hell was happening and then it comes out after it's finished <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's like that was effed up. You know, it was like, it was a ge- really genuine kind of like, yeah, that was really weird and stupid and like nonsensical. Like, that was mad. Um, yeah. More of that humor. More, more, more of this. More of the, more of this humor, I think, would have, like, if that had been more consistently there on the, the back third of the movie, um, I think that the horror stuff being a little bit less slick in its direction a little less slick in its editing because there's definitely a couple of moments where it felt like it was cutting things up a bit too much and a mm-hmm. bit too choppy and it kind of felt like maybe it was because it was trying to minimize the cg shots but it did feel very uh stilted versus what i thought was a really confidently directed film for the vast majority where it was all the normal scenes uh and all the little moments of like absurdity or the little moments of tension or feeling her hair you know itch or be sore or the the little details it was good at. What what once it went big and bombastic, it kind of it still lost its charm, and it just it wasn't there anymore. Sadly, um, so yeah. Uh, is there anything we've glossed over that you would like to bring up? Let me check my notes. I talked about. Oh yeah, we we did talk about the um um cameos. We forgot to mention Jay Farrow from um. Saturday Night Live. He was one of the people in the background. Michelle Hurd, Laverne Cox was uh, was the um, hairstylist. And Laverne Cox, people know her mostly from um, Orange is the New Black. Ah, okay. We talked about the aunt and uncle. Yeah, I have to admit, I didn't know any of those names you just mentioned, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad you're here to bring it up <laughs> for all the audience yeah. who are screaming out is going, mention these people that we like, <laughs> or mm-hmm. whatever, so. Uh, no, I, oh yeah, there's a, there's going to be a commenter, you forgot to mention so-and-so. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can definitely get the sense that this is a, a movie created by a core group of people who have a lot of friends in the industry mm-hmm. who all were there to sort of show up for a scene or two. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, which is nice, and I think like I would say it's better, probably much better than what I would say the typical straight to VOD movie for you know for Hulu mm-hmm. or Netflix or whatever is, because it did feel like a movie, it looked like a movie, it felt like it had a really specific tone. It's just a shame that the actual horror stuff kind of lets it down in the back half and does sort of put it more into the just okay territory versus. You know, because for the first like half hour, I was like, "This could be great." I, I'm, I'm kind of into this build. I, I was, I was mm-hmm. really enjoying the characters. I was enjoying how it was setting things up, and then, sadly, you know, then it just kind of becomes a big. I was just kind of, I was just really bored in that last half hour. Like I was, mm-hmm. I was out of it at that point. Uh, the, the 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 story lost me along the way, which is a shame. But it happens. So. Uh, all right. Would you like to rate Bad Hair yes. out of ten? I'm gonna give it a five point five. 
because I enjoy the story. I enjoy the time period that it took place, but I had to knock a lot of points off for the, the bad CGI and for the, the funny parts not quite being funny enough and the scary parts not being scary enough. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't really get the best of either world, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go a smidge higher. I'm going to say 6 out of 10, I, I mm-hmm. think. I would still say it's worth checking out, uh, and some people might connect to it if you're maybe not as overt to the... Ad- overt? Ad- advert? Mm-hmm. Ad- adverse. Yeah. Whatever word I'm looking for. Uh, if you're not as uh, sensitive to, like, you know, big CG stuff coming to get you, like like I mm-hmm. am, where I'm just sick of it and just I'm bored by it. But it, it, I think there's a lot to like here in terms of how it's made, in terms of uh, a lot of the elements, like the, the characters, the casting, mm-hmm. the direction, for the most part, uh, is really strong. Um, so I, I was still, I mean, I'd recommend this more than most direct-to-streaming movies yeah for sure uh so yeah six out of ten for me but sadly i i was hoping for more than that i, I really thought mm-hmm. i had the, the trailer was good and i thought the movie started really strong and then you know it kind of dipped and that's always a shame when that happens it's, it's like it's, it's almost more painful when a movie that yeah. had potential to be great just ends I up wish, being okay i wish he would have got a really good practical effects coordinator because there's so many creepy things you could do with hair and they yeah. just you the CGI just takes all the bite out of it. It, it didn't need to be like like because they they go with this thing where the hair gets so long that it has to be CGI because it's this big mm-hmm. monstrous thing. I'm like, nah, just make make it simple, make it you know, mm-hmm. like it actually would almost be more interesting if it never got longer, if it was just the length that always was, because that would introduce this like you could almost have some comedy of the idea of the hair like going to like kill someone, but she mm-hmm. just but she doesn't realize and she walks away before it can reach yeah just, you could do stuff like that and that could be kind of fun or uh there's this potential there you know um but hey uh there you go that's bad hair mm-hmm. that, 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 is, that is the movie film uh so by all means let us know what you think of bad hair uh not not bad hair in general not the concept of bad hair uh just the movie bad hair <laughs> let us know what you think of mm-hmm. that in the comments below uh, like and subscribe, ding the bell for notifications. All of these things help us out a lot on YouTube. Uh, you can, of course, also of course support us over in patreon.com slash mailplustv. Um, I'll thank our Patreon producers uh, at this time. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Uh, that is why the higher tiers, of course, is to get a producer credit. But uh, you can support us for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses. Uh, for example, an exclusive extra episode once a month. Uh, you can get that either being a patron or being a paid YouTube member. Either way works. But uh, there's also more goodies over at Patreon at the higher tiers. So go and have a look. See if you're interested. And see if you help support everything that we do here. Uh, also catch us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for the general male fuzz movies. Twitter uh, for all things Sacred Hockey Mask, Screams After Midnight, and Atomic Cinema Experiment. Sasha, would you like to pimp out your oh, channel? Come check me out at What Did I Just Watch? And the last week I just did Mirror Monsters to celebrate the release of Candyman. And I reviewed a bunch of other movie monsters that come out of the mirrors. Such as Mirror. Uh, like I, I did Mirror Mirror already <laughs> okay. um, a year ago. But this past week I did um, Candisha, uh, Kuntalanek. Uh, well, I should say, Kandish is a French film. Kuntalanik is an Indonesian film. I did Into the Mirror, which is a South Korean film. I've seen that one. Yeah, and I did the remake of Mirrors as well. And uh, also um, Queen of Spades. I did the Queen of Spades uh, and Dark Right and Queen of Spades through the Looking Glass, which, is, which are both Russian movies. Those are some deep... I mean, I've seen Into the Mirror, uh, mm-hmm. and I think I saw part of the remake, but okay, I, I tapped out like 20 minutes in because it was terrible. Uh, oh yeah, it was. <laughs> the, 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 the Queen of Spades remake, just skip it. <laughs> uh, but those are some deep pulls, uh, which is impressive, quite frankly. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It's impressive. You really, you went digging, you was like, okay, there must be more mirror horror movies and you, you oh, found yeah. them. You went around the globe and you found mm-hmm. them. Uh, but that's cool. Uh, so there's always a link in the description of these episodes to Shasha's channel, so go and have a look. Uh, But that is us. That is the show. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies. And if you see someone wearing 
the sacred mask. Repeat to yourself, Hockey season ended months ago.